Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Welcome back to Tony Katz today, where we are finishing the show and going to be strong. We've had a lot of great conversations so far. You can find the show uploaded to WIBC.com. Um, and I'll also be putting the show on my podcasting page, Saturday night on the circle.fireside.fm. I'm Ethan Hatcher, the Saturday host. That's Tony Kinnett. He works for The Daily Signal as an investigative reporter. And we've got a lot of content to dive through this hour, including... Protest. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. See, there's breaking news that just came out that I think everyone's going to want to hear. What happened? Before we get to the protesters, you see... Hunter Biden has just been indicted on three counts related to his 2018 purchase of a handgun in which he lied about not being a drug addict on his federal license form. Fantastic. Yet another indictment, yet another crime that Hunter Biden is finally being caught for. Uh, I am I am certain that Hammer and Nigel later will have quite a bit to say. This is why the judge had overturned that sweetheart plea deal uh, orchestrated by the Justice Department because they had initially tried to get him blanket immunity not only for the crimes which he'd already been accused, but also for future indictments like this one. Which, which is just, just incredible. Like, I imagine like trying to bargain with a federal authority and saying, not only do I want you to leave this crime alone, but all other crimes that I may or may not have committed, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, like, my goodness, like, what a thing to ask for. And now we see the cocaine-addicted chickens are coming home to roost. Well, especially gun crimes, which I thought the left was all about prosecuting gun crimes and, you know, dangerous Second Amendment offenders. Well, unless you're, you know, a, a crack-addicted individual, in which case those criminals, you see, they, they can carry guns because they're or not th or normal individuals. In oh, a trash yeah. can behind an elementary school, you know, you can do that too. Oh, you know, just, just good things only. <laughs> Uh, but we've got a lot to get to in this that is, segment. That is great news. I'm glad you brought that to our, uh, our attention there, Tony. Uh, but yeah, protesters who stormed uh, the office of Kevin McCarthy. I'm sure any day now, you know, will be coming the investigations into their friends, family, association, you know, uh, arrests, indictments, forthright, probably. Yeah, maybe. No. These uh, protesters no, stormed Kevin McCarthy's office uh, in order to uh, advocate on behalf of the LGBTQ plus 2IA uh, 911210 community. And the alphabet soup people. Absolutely. Uh, and to try to advocate uh, on behalf of federal funding regarding HIV and AIDS. For PEPFAR. Right. And just stormed his office, uh, which you are not allowed to do, and then occupied his office and prevented business from continuing. Here is what that sounds like. Mental illness is a political identity and always has been. 
I, you know, if you wanted to torture somebody, much like uh, you, you remember that report that found uh, in Guantanamo Bay, they were playing like strobe lights and uh, Barney's theme song on a 24-hour loop. You you could play that in a cell, and that'd do the same thing. Achieve just, the same goal. I mean, I, again, we'll we'll get to the hypocrisy of of you know the January 6th committee being incredibly quiet when it comes to storming the Capitol and and you know occupying the office of a congressman, including a speaker. And this was to threaten the speaker right. and coerce him into a particular but, action. So, I mean, isn't this same grounds, before right? Before we get to that, you know, before we get to that, let's let's take a look at, you know, what they're asking for. So, first of all, they're asking McCarthy to pass certain amounts of funding. Fun fact, uh, McCarthy does not have unilateral authority to pass things. He has exactly one vote in the House of Representatives. Uh, I don't know if you guys know this, but there are over 400 seats in the U.S. House of, of Representatives, and uh, one vote is probably not going to tip the scale on HIV-AIDS-related federal care funding. Um, so but he can't put it on the schedule for consideration. He can. That's true, but he can't pass it. No. So, so no. Number two, I would also like to point out that uh, I thought that the individuals who stormed Nancy Pelosi's office and, and sat there and and took pictures of themselves sitting there. I was told that was grounds for like a 22-year prison sentence, not just in like the, the county Hootskow, uh, but like in these locked, like French Revolution-style jail cells, as we've seen. Yeah, like locked up. We're talking like the hole from Shawshank Redemption. Like twenty two years in the hole, like that. That so, but no one's no one's arresting well, these the individuals the for problem, that. Tony is that they weren't wearing the bison. Well, uniform. correction, they they were arrested, but there no one's calling for them to be convicted in prison and, and for then multiple imprisoned years, for right, for know. two decades. They were escorted from the premises after being request after politely requesting them to vacate. They remained and were subsequently arrested by Capitol Police. Right. Uh. So just so going to point that out you know again uh, i i do have to ask did they walk through the velvet ropes in statutory hall kindly and nicely uh, as the the january 6th insurrectionists uh again insurrectionists being the crowd that owns the most guns that left them at home on the day of the insurrection i mean they did have to smash some windows to get their way to politely walk past the velvet ropes but oh sure i'm just saying i'm, I'm bringing up the point that like while they were actually in statutory hall they just kind of st- just ambled past the you know the ropes but you know this group they that's took nancy pelosi's lectern yeah that's my question did they take you know was mccarthy's lectern absconded with is there now going to be a shadow industry of lecterns like the flag that flies at the top of the Capitol every day how you can like get one of those for your office you know if a congressman gives one to you can you also like get the lectern that was at the speaker's podium for that day because these are the kind of souvenirs that i want to know are they available now uh, well, you know, hey, that could be a great fundraising mechanism to sell, you know, the former implements of Congress back to the people who want them. You know, hey, hey, you know, maybe you can buy Mitch <laughs> McConnell. Maybe you can buy Mitch McConnell or, or Senator Feinstein's corpse at, at this point. I mean, they're. I mean, no one else is using them. Somebody else already bought them, Tony. This is a weekend at Bernie's situation. You know, pay. <laughs> Weekend at McConnell's, weekend at Feinstein's. Uh, um, good times, good times. Yeah, well, we got other funny stories that are going on in uh, the media right now, including this was a strange one. And look, I'm like Mulder from X-Files. I, I want to believe. Mm-hmm. I really do. Yeah. 
but uh, I'm not sure this is the smoking gun here. Um, I'm referring, uh, of course, to the presentation by Jamie Massan in front of the Mexican Congress on Tuesday, in which he unveiled. Wait a minute, who is Jamie Massan? Uh, he is a, a ufologist who's been involved in debunked presentations before. Okay, so, so the source so is already a, called a into question. Disgraced ufologist. Yeah. Please continue. Now that we uh, know who this is. Well, look, it was before the uh, Mexican Congress, and he invited. Yes, um, a bevy, national, a bevy of honorable international researchers stuff. Okay. to uh, to uh, examine these supposedly extraterrestrial corpses. The thing, the thing is, they already have been, and it's already been debunked. These are not new extraterrestrial corpses. They've already been and released X-ray imaging, supposedly of their anatomical structure, and like these were assembled basically by a cartoon circus sideshow like they pe people who knew nothing about anatomy people who were snip snipping bones and uh, putting right. them in upside down right. uh, they utilized you, you know uh, i think a llama a chicken skull. a pig right. a llama yeah. and an iguana so look i want to believe i would be thrilled if this was the smoking gun and like the peek behind the curtain hey look we've been sitting on extraterrestrial technology for the last 70 years but I just, I don't think okay. this is it. So I'm going to go ahead and pop this bubble because I, I'm, I'm so exhausted by the, the UFOs are real people. Okay, two things. Number one, if Seems you can like manage. a wasted real estate. For if, you, if you can manage flights that are, that are interstellar, so you've achieved faster than light travel to come to our solar system, perhaps you might find a better place to land than Roswell, New Mexico, or in the, the jungles of the Conquistadors or whatever. If you can achieve extraterrestrial flight one would think you could scan the earth and find where the people are to land Number well these two. guys were supposedly found by the nazca lines in peru right and that well of course it makes sense that they would land there because that's the you know direction that's what those nazca lines it's uh, basically like an airport okay in, in, in so <laughs> extraterrestrial uh, uh, aside airport. aside from those things <laughs> i would also like to point out uh, that first of all the aliens looked exactly like et um and like Okay, uh, I, I just want Standard everyone... Standard little grays. Okay, which, know. by the way, that there are xenobiologists who have basically created, like, if life was to form elsewhere, which, by the way, breaks the laws of cell theory. Uh, but if we put aside the laws of physics and biology for a second, and then we assume that life could form elsewhere and, and, and all of that stuff, they would not look like that. There is no naturally occurring environment in which creatures would evolve to look like E.T. To be gray. There's not. Well, I mean, forget the color. I mean, you could say they're petrified. They used to be bright orange. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you for crying out loud anatomical structures don't work that way the human body anatomically fits in its environment because it is functional to look appear and work in that fashion there is no way that the et little green men structure can work it's not how that functions ah. and all of the people who talk about how macro evolutionary biology functions in very specific ways that we can catalog suddenly clam up when you point out that that only works in exactly one place that we have discovered in the universe and i am someone who loves loves uh exoplanetology i love the study of, of other planets and solar systems and how uh the gas giants function that kind of stuff is one of the reasons i love being a science teacher but the whole i want to believe alien crowd it literally holds up to zero percent 
uh, a fourth grade Seriously, level of yeah. scrutiny. A- no, a- any any level of scrutiny at all, and it completely. The U.S. Falls cannot apart. sit on any conspiracy at all. Again, Water right. Watergate, which had 14 individuals who had every interest in the world of never revealing what happened at Watergate, that story was broken in like hours of the the events occurring did like that stuff start to get out you're telling me that there's this concerted effort to hide something in which all of these people magically totally never released anything all this time get out of here no. i love science fiction i love the idea of extraterrestrial life and, and harry harry turtledove is a phenomenal his, uh, alternate history author who has a really cool series about what if aliens landed during world war ii and the reason the aliens lost to the humans very cool book series uh, of all of the the alternative history, like sci-fi stuff, I think that's one of the best, uh, like portrayed out as to what what would actually happen. I think that's pretty neat. But other than that, yeah, I, yeah. I, yeah. Sadly, the closest, the, sadly, the closest we are going to get to an extraterrestrial experience is, is through. <laughs> media or video games speaking of which in the next segment we're going to tell you about the latest phenomenon uh, to grace the microsoft gaming experience starfield bethesda's latest rpg has found itself at the center of controversy because of modern politics that have been unceremoniously wedged into the game that's and right it- folks politics in every area of your life you have no alternative you welcome no to 2023 freedom. you have no freedom no escape um, even in your escapist media like video games. We'll give you details coming up next for Tony Katz today on 93 WIBC. Thanks for joining us again this afternoon on Tony Katz today. Ethan Hatcher and Tony Kinnett together we're filling in. And this segment I wanted to cover a new game that's just been released. Already uh, sold several million copies and uh, hit the most concurrent users eclipsing Skyrim on the Steam platform, which is pretty impressive in and of itself. This is Starfield, the latest role-playing game released from uh, Bethesda Game Studios and ZeniMax Media. Um, It's already quite popular, but stirred up controversy because of its incorporation and really pushing pronouns as part of its character creation and several other storylines which have been woven into the game. You can't even find an escape from politics in your escapist media, Tony, and that's why I think it's really raised the ire of a lot of people including a a prominent youtuber by the name of uh, as heel versus babyface who (laughs) delivered an epic rant against the pronouns uh but yeah i mean you really can't get away from it which is the problem and even when you try to mod modify your own single player experience you're being denied from popular websites like nexus mod so to break it down can you break it down for our listeners tony because i'm explain nexus mods to people who might not be familiar certainly so uh, obviously again there's a lot of different kinds of escapist media that uh, many different americans choose to partake in and so you know many americans turn to, to watching a lot of a lot of sports i'm more of a college sports than a professional sports kind of guy myself uh, you have a lot of uh, Americans who are really invested in shows and movies and, and the different genres there. And you have a lot of Americans who are really invested in video games. Hey, I play and, games. Absolutely. And so uh, one, of, one of the video games that has come out, Starfield, in which you basically get to run around space and, and have adventures, which has, again, been a dream of man for, for some time. Uh, there are ways 
um, if you own a game, that you can do something called modding. And modding is a really interesting concept because you can insert crazy things that may not even have ever belonged in, in the game. For example, there was a medieval game, which Ethan referenced, in which you run around slaying dragons, in which there is a mod in which someone can turn dragons flying around in the game into Thomas the Tank Engine. Yeah. <laughs> and so you can be walking around in this medieval world and look up and see a steam engine painted bright blue flying around in the sky. There's a lot of different mods. Things people change. They may be uh, in, the, in a Spider-Man game where you're running around New York. There was a, a mod in which uh, there was like tons of pride flags all around the city. And there were people who were like, look, I don't care about pride. Let's just flip it to really what's more obvious in New York, at least in the Marvel Universe, in which there are American flags flying all around New York City. So someone made a mod in which turned all of the pride flags in the game into American flags. So from the rainbow flag to the stars and stripes. Well, when you create a mod, you want to share it with people. And so you would they would upload these to these central kind of social media platforms in which other people can see mods and then kind of download them and apply them to their game. And it just changes the experience. It's, it's just kind of experimentation. It's kind of cool. customizing the Absolutely. product for your In, in the same desires. way that people might share ways they've changed the rules of board games. Uh, house or, Monopoly or, rules. Absolutely. House Monopoly rules or change how they play Uno, that kind of a thing. So this, there is a site that hosts a lot of mods, and it's Nexus called Mod. Nexus Mods. And it's popular because it makes it very easy to download and install games. You don't have to be a super important programmer to do it. And Nexus Mods is very woke. Very, 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 very progressive. So a while ago, that Spider-Man game that I was mentioning... They, we talked about it on my show, Saturday Night We did talk Night on about it on your show, Saturday Night on the Circle. Nexus Mods deleted from their servers, citing hate speech... Uh, removing pride flags from the game and putting up American flags, which American flags are supposed to stand for all Americans, but that's another tale for another time. Someone made a mod for Starfield, this new game, that basically gets rid of asking you about your pronouns and your gender and how you sexually identify, because they just, you know, want to fly around planets and blow things up. They don't, they don't care about this. And that's not the role they want to play. No, in their they, role they don't game. care about current American politics and what some blue haired coder out of Albuquerque thinks. They just want to, you know, play in space. They don't want to drive their rocket around, whatever. And so Nexus Mods got rid of this one as well. Uh, Ethan mentioned someone on YouTube that, that had a rant about the pronouns. I personally think the rant was a little bit much. I I am not as... It's, uh, it's part of his character, though. Yeah, I, it, it, yeah, I don't it's, really it's care as much. Like I, I haven't played Starfield because it looks kind of boring. The manufacturer that makes the game has released a lot of mediocre, bug-filled garbage in the last couple of years, which is probably why I don't care about it as much. But still, this yet proves the point more so. You cannot escape politics and and from like 2016 onward, I know if you're watching movies, all all of these new movie releases are stuffed with politics. Kids shows are stuffed with politics. Your sports programs, you can't watch ESPN without someone telling you about why a player is is good, but the other one's really good because he doesn't have white privilege. And and you can't watch, you can't even go to the Indy 500 without getting politics strip fed to you there. And it's just everywhere. And the reason people have such backlash to this is because they truly just want to be left alone you do i mean i I'm, even, my career is politics and i want to leave it all behind i mean i like reading books that are old because i don't have to suffer through politics of the day while i read them 
and and this is also why people are are a little bit touchy about this because even in your quest just to be left alone you are denied the ability to you have to incorporate it in your game now part of the defense has been said oh it's not a big deal it's not a big deal that they ask your pronouns everybody has pronouns they say but it's such a big deal that they will ban you from changing your private personal first person experience playing the game these mods are not something that's broadcast to the community or changes how other people interact with their media it's just for you and even in your private consumption they want to choose how the the, the manner in which you're allowed to behave now let me that's the problem let me explain this in, in maybe a way that perhaps more individuals who are listening who don't play video games might understand there was a very big controversy at the end of the 90s and, and at the early aughts in which people were releasing softwares or things that would censor TV. They would say, well, you know, look, we're, we're going to have this box that we plug our TV into that's going to automatically censor. So if we're watching a show, someone cusses, it's going to bleep it out or cut it out. Sounds and, like and something a tipper gore people, would come up with. People got very angry about it. And they said, no, you can't change the art. And there's a basically the discussion of this is once I own the thing, I can change it how I want. I have a Toyota Corolla. If I want to punch a hole in the window, it's my car. Right. I should be able to change it. If you want to change a show or change a video game that you own in your own house, then you should be able to. It's my media. Hollywood should not decide how political I have to consume my media. You're listening to Tony Katz today, Ethan Hatcher, and Tony Kinnett filling in, and we've got more conversation left, left to come. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Thanks for tuning in, Indianapolis. It's been a fun show so far. Tony Katz today, Ethan Hatcher, and Tony Kinnett from The Daily Signal filling in. And producer Jason beep, 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 pushing the buttons and doing the things to make the show function. A fantastic and dutiful job, as always. This segment, I wanted to dive into local issues, Tony Kinnett. We got a few things, a new development potentially coming to my side of town in Irvington, which I would be ecstatic to see an expansion of uh, commercial development in the community. We've got a languishing strip mall in the area that has been left to rot. It was built in the 50s. It's in desperate need of over hall and now a california investor who played football and went to university here in the state of indiana is committed to potentially redeveloping the area i'm stoked um there is a, a much troubled uh hotel uh, re uh, uh red roof inn in the city of greenwood that has brought the community many problems over the last couple of years including several hundred trips um collectively by the police and fire department to handle various problems and complaints levied at the inhabitants of uh, uh said hotel uh, now they found a buyer potentially we'll get into that but first 
really want to talk about something that irritates and perturbs me to no end. You know, I, I can tell. It, it does. You know, you do seem a little bit testy about this one. Really curious what your thoughts on, on this uh, idea are, Tony Kinnett. The city is mutilating our wonderful, wonderfully traversable metropolis. You're saying the city, you mean Indianapolis. Yeah. It's not our city, but please continue. Well, it's my city. Gross. Continue. <laughs> um, they, they are wanting to convert eight of the major through fares in the city, one-way roads into two-way roads, um, including Michigan and New York Street, which crosses clear from the east to the west side. It makes traveling the city very pleasant, and okay. part of their uh, uh, draw, part of the stated goals of this plan is to slow down traffic. Now, ordinarily, you see, Tony Kennett, gridlock is a feature you want to avoid in a city, but the uh, brilliance uh, brain trust at the uh, city council think that gridlock is a feature that needs to be incorporated in your city planning. I'm really upset by this. Oh, this is all just so that way they can get a $25 million grant from uh, the feds, by the way, to mutilate the roadways. Okay. I'm upset by this. So, have so you heard about it? Uh, Do you few, have thoughts? A few things. Yeah, I've, I've heard about this. And, and when you're when you're changing a one-way street to a two-way street, it's usually ah. because uh, there are... Uh, like directional issues in in getting into those certain kinds of places as to you know the the roadways being too fast i'm just going to ask a question let's say you're crossing michigan and uh, michigan being a one way yeah and uh you you the cool thing about a one way street is you only have to look one way when you're crossing it mm-hmm. uh so if, if you were going to make a roadway more safe perhaps adding another direction for pedestrians not to look as they cross the street because they're going to cross the street anyway is not the best way to do that uh, number 2 are they going to ban on-street parking? I don't think so. No, they're not. They're not going to ban on-street parking. So yeah. people are still going to be clustering the sides of their rows with their their vehicles, yep. right? Because there's no place really to park unless you want to choose an overpriced garage here in Indianapolis. And we're not expanding parking options for people. So now we're going to have street-level parking that's already cluttering up the roads. We're also going to incorporate two-lane traffic, which is going to have to have turn lanes and additional stoplights. Uh-huh. And then you're going to have all of the people who don't actually notice what's going on because from Greenfield to Connorsville to Terre Haute to Muncie, all the way from South Bend down to Evansville, whenever you incorporate a new traffic system, you have at least a two to three year buffer where people who have used those roads continue to follow the old traffic patterns. You, there's a sign that says don't turn on red. Cops rarely pull people over for ignoring that because people just naturally continue to turn on red because right on red was the law in Indiana for time immemorial. So no one knows what they're doing. So we're now eroding roads with bike lanes that people don't use. Uh, we're eroding the roads with now two-way lanes on systems that don't need revisited. It's not like the city blocks in Indianapolis are infinitesimal, like it takes forever to get around the city. It's not helping anything at all. I, why are we trying to drive people out of Indianapolis? Coercion. Coercion. And I think you'll be on board with my theory on this, because by limiting your ability to traverse the city in a convenient manner and limit your options for motor vehicle travel, they're seeking to force you and corner you into using their disastrous city bus bus lines, which nobody uses. All these rich liberals uh, wanted to sponsor, well, wanted the taxpayer to sponsor, most importantly, like the red line. And they drove their cars to the city when the bus line was, you know, free, so that way everybody could try it out, drove the cars downtown, patted themselves on the back and said, oh my, isn't this wonderful? All the poors will love this bus line, and then got back in their vehicles and drove home and never rode it again. 
Yeah, and uh, by the way, if you don't happen to live in a place that's convenient to use the red line, too bad, because that's yep. the only kind of transit options that we have for the city. And As, it connected two communities that had no business being connected. Yeah, like, there, you, there's no terms of exchange. And I think there was, like, in the survey, there were, like, 10 total people out of a survey, like, 500, that actually needed to commute for the, work in the, the other community. of the University of Indianapolis were not going to ride that bus line clear across college so that way they could get to the bars of Broad Ripple. Sorry, it's going to be quicker to take one of those stupid little scooters across town than to do a bus line. So, oh yeah, okay, so Democrats, which, by the way, mass transit, like education, is supposed to be one of the things that Democrats do well, only when they are put in charge of mass transit, they continue to suck because they're incompetent. And so, no, coercion is not necessarily the theory that I'm going to get behind with this on you. I think people are stupid. I do. I think that people see lots of federal money opportunities and they're just going to change things that they think are arbitrary in order to say that they have done something. I saw this when I worked at Indianapolis Public Schools all the time. They would do something arbitrary. They would change something that didn't need to be changed so that they could show up to the next meeting and say, we've done something good. Meanwhile, nothing is actually getting better for people who are using the system. So the students never benefited from any of the changes. They just moved the boxes from one side of the store to the other. It's like when your Walmart redecorates or when your Home Depot redecorates. They move a couple of the aisles and they're like, this is more efficient for people. No, it's not. You just have to rememorize where everything is. Now you're going to have to rememorize where certain streets are. You're going to have increased accidents from people turning through traffic. And you're going to have jaywalkers that are now hit by two directional traffic instead of unidirectional traffic. Oh, well, part of the excuse was uh, this is really going to limit the impact of people who drive the wrong way on one-way roads. Guess what? They'll drive the wrong way on two-way roads, too. That's not it's not solving any problems, Tony. It greatly frustrates me. I, I just, I don't, I don't see, again, we hire individuals because we, we believe every city needs a person in this position. So we hire our civil engineers and our transportation engineers for Indianapolis, and they can't solve the fact that the city looks like Swiss cheese with the potholes and the eternal <laughs> road construction and all of the other messes that don't really make sense. So they have to busy themselves, these these engineers have to busy themselves with, well, we've, we've taken a look at the statistics and data, and actually Michigan Avenue, instead of running the way that everyone understands should actually be bi-directional so therefore we can unite the speed limit it, no you're solving a problem that did not need to be solved and you are not doing so in a way that makes the traffic of indianapolis markedly better now for uh, you're all, just not now for all the bad news that abounds and plagues our city fortunately there is just one tiny bright spot that might be coming to the community of irvington close to where i live on east washington street some of the listeners may be familiar with the strip mall about 15 acres uh near the what was it 50 6200 block of east washington next to the u-haul complex uh where marsh Superstore used to be that closed down. That whole uh, strip Indiana mall tradition. has been languishing for quite some time. As it's strip malls tend to crime. do. Yep. And now a developer uh, called Talon Capital Partners LLC from California, San Diego, seeking to invest in the community. I'd be excited to see this. And I see uh, producer Jason might be down with it as well. You know, about 30 years ago, I used to rent an office there. I think it was 6433. East Washington, and there used to be a newsstand there, and there was a restaurant. I think it was the Huddle Restaurant. I'm not sure, but it was a it was a very classic joint. 
Um, now there's a Mexican restaurant in what used to be yeah. a dentist office. Oh, praise the Lord. That means it's good. Yeah, this would have been back in the mid-90s. Local Mexican restaurants are just God's gift to earth. And there's a tobacconist. Now, hopefully, um, the community of Irvington will not scare away the development because they're already seeking to impose a number of limitations and anything but convenient parking for the people at the strip mall. They're like, oh, any any development but something that will have uh, uh, easy access accessibility to vehicles because they want to promote the blue line bus line utilization and a pedestrian pathway uh, through the woods of the Irvington community. People are not going to carry their groceries down your silly little pedestrian pathway. Sorry. If you want to incorporate that into the overall plan, fine. But to make it reliant and handicapped, handicapped to it, no. And if you hippie the whole thing up, that developer is going to leave. Okay. And then you're just going to have nothing. Okay. All right, Ethan, you've convinced me. Let's talk about gentrification. Yes. So like gentrification is both good and bad, and it depends on who's running it. If the government is running gentrification, a.k.a. bike lanes and instituting weird bus lines and specialized, diverse, equitable zoning permits, then it's garbage. Case in point, Hawaii. Hawaii is unable to recover successfully from the Maui wildfires already because these zoning laws, by the way, which prevented a fire station from opening up, which could have severely mitigated the disaster of those fires, those kind of zoning law, that kind of zoning gentrification is bad because whenever the government is the primary person running something, they screw it up, period, because it does not function in a free market form. However, basic individual gentrification is phenomenal. And here's why it's phenomenal, because a lot of people say, but the new people come into the community and then they build all these businesses and they end up forcing other people out. They raise the property values. Oh, no. Okay. So first of all, no, uh, that's, that's not the case. It is. If you have a community and the community is garbage and the community being garbage ends up leaving a lot of businesses empty, desolate, broken down, like, for example, a lot of businesses on the east side of Indianapolis with their smashed in windows and graffiti and absolute mess. And a, an enterprising individual says, you know what, I'm going to buy that store and the one next to it, and we're going to move in and start doing things correctly. Guess what? You forfeited the right to complain about other businesses moving in when you let your community become trash. If it's on the market, it's on the market. If someone that you don't like buys it, that's tough. I'm sorry, but if you have completely let your community just go to the dogs and now there's shootings every night and the city's a mess and now we can't even have people come and pave roads in your neighborhood because the people paving the roads will get shot, then I'm just going to tell you, I would rather have the businesses and the people move in and fix the community exactly. rather than wait for you to get off your butt and finally start doing something. Yeah. Because the, again, they always talk about gentrification as like this ultimate evil, but they never say what the alternative to gentrification is. I, show me these communities that aren't being gentrified that are rising from the ashes and they're these great wholesome communities. Where are they? Because I can't find one. No, because the alternative is to allow the strip mall to continue to languish and continue to rot and continue to remain unutilized because the expectation uh, held by the, you know by uh, some members of uh, of the residential community to these out-of-state de developers are ridiculous and burdensome okay, and would uh, hinder it overall. Detroit no. and uh, Kenosha and Muncie and Anderson and Minneapolis and all of these other like shell communities that that reject gentrification how's it going guys how's it going because I'm thinking that free market principles are going to do a lot more for you than sitting in your house and begging the government to protect the squalor that we've allowed some areas of our town to fall into and it's hurting people it's hurting communities I would ratch I would much rather see progress and Hoosiers want to move to these communities rather than pushing more people away so they become ghost towns like Detroit
You're listening to Tony Katz today. Ethan Hatcher and Tony Kinnett filling in. Stay tuned because we'll be wrapping things up on the show coming up next. Welcome back to the show. This has been an exciting three hours of Tony Katz today with Ethan Hatcher and Tony Kinnett filling in. But we're not done yet. That's because right. Of course, we had to cover Mittens, Mitt Romney making his now infamous remarks about the impeachment inquiry started by Kevin McCarthy. Mind you, he voted for the impeachment of Donald Trump. He believed that there were things that rose to the level of high crimes and misdemeanor for the Republican president, but for the impeachment inquiry of Joe Biden, yeah, he says there's nothing there. How did you deal with China? What about a impeachment on a, another impeachment trial, potentially? Uh, you know, I know the House is beginning an impeachment inquiry. Um, I haven't heard any allegation of something that would rise to the level of a high crime or misdemeanor. I think it would be very yes. unusual to actually see a referral of impeachment. I, I don't expect that. Just when I think you couldn't possibly be any dumber, you go and do something like this. And totally redeem yourself! <laughs> Glad he's going. He's retiring. After six failed years in the Senate, Mitt Romney not seeking re-election. And with hot takes like this, good riddance. You know how easy it is to say, let's just wait and see the results of the inquiry. Because, if, if again, this is the same party that when Donald... And again, I, you know I'm not a huge Donald Trump fan. But to be extraordinarily fair to President 45, when President Trump comes up in these conversations, they say, well, if... You know, if, if you know, do you think that these this all of these indictments against Trump are witch hunts that are political maneuvers? What do these individuals like Romney say? They say, well, if he did the crime, he should be prosecuted because the law applies to everyone. But then when it comes to talking about Biden and the impeachment, all of these establishment Republicans suddenly are like, what? I don't know if there's going to be anything. This just looks like a lot of political theater. Wait a minute. Weren't you just the person that w was, like, criticizing double standards over here? Well, and the impeachment inquiry is about why they impeached Donald Trump, because they impeached Donald Trump the first time for that uh, phone call with President Zelensky of Ukraine asking for investigation into the Burisma scandal of the Biden family, and that, they said, was quid pro quo. That, they said, was quid pro quo. Which, by the way, I just want to make this very clear for everyone that's listening. Every single con, and I'm again, I, uh, this nothing to do with Trump, but a president has the authority on foreign policy decisions to issue quid pro quo statements to other foreign leaders. That is how the entire world has worked since Uga Booga was the king of Ur and had conversations with Ramses I of Egypt. Quid pro quo is part of foreign policy negotiations. That's why they're, we just did quid pro quo with prisoner exchange with Iran. Oh, they got a little bit more of the. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's quid pro quo, $6 billion. But you yeah, know what I'm saying? I mean, give and take is foreign policy. So we're going to put all of that aside. And for, impeachment is a political process in, in the first place. But if we're going to pretend that, oh, we're allowed to do this with Trump, but then there's far more in instances of corruption with Biden, and all of a sudden Mitt Romney's going to go, well, I just want to stay away from it. What what good are you, dude? Well, now the investigation— No wonder you're hated by the majority of Republicans. —is about the content of the phone call with Ukraine. It Investigating the business doings of the Biden family and potential potentially criminal wrong, wrongdoing, or the use uh, of influence peddling as— his uh, uh, position of the vice president. So yeah, absolutely this merits looking into. But before Mitch McConnell had 15 strokes and became an invalid, uh, there is he made a very important point to reiterate regarding Nancy Pelosi, and that is this. If you open this box, 
you know, if you cross this line, if you break the glass, then, then it's broken. It yeah. can't be, it can't, you can't put, you can't shove the genie back into the lamp. Once it's out, it's out. And, and here we are. President Trump was impeached for very political means by a group of individuals who wanted him gone because he did not fit the box of a traditional politician. And that's said from someone who doesn't really care for Trump. Now, it's free game. Welcome to the impeachment season of the United States. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in today to Tony Katz today. I'm Tony Kennett. That's Ethan Hatcher from Saturday Night on the Circle. Thanks for tuning in with us. You're going to want to come back tomorrow because it just gets better. Thanks for tuning in.